Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We've all been horrified by the news of Alec Baldwin killing cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Accidental killings happen over 30,000 times a year. 911, what's your emergency? I need help. I need help. I'm on another motorcycle. They didn't know that I was a killer. They just knew me as the math teacher. That moment with the smoke clearing and seeing my brother's body on the ground, that I can still taste gunpowder. I flipped my car. My girlfriend died in the accident that I caused. An eight-year-old boy darted into the road and I hit him and he died before he reached the hospital. I had taken a child from his mother and I had caused them oceans of grief. Can you imagine killing someone by mistake? If I could speak to the Baldwin family, I would say... We're here for the nitty grits, you know what I mean? Yeah. We've all been deeply saddened and horrified by the news Alec Baldwin shot and killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of their movie Rust. 
I am horrified for everybody that's involved. involved. I mean, I work on the set a lot with guns, and mm -hmm. they're usually really fierce protocols. It was shocking. I didn't understand, and I still don't quite understand, how, how that could happen now, in 2021. Yeah, I just, exactly. I, Have you always felt safe on set? Always. Really? Always. Because usually the prop master will come and show you the gun. And they'll demonstrate. Not yeah. I always have them demonstrate. You, you look inside everything. of the barrel. They'll put the blanks in while you're watching. So you got training on how to use the gun. I got training on how to use the gun and also training on what I should be looking, looking for, for in order to handle a hot weapon on set. Yeah. Right? Do you ever handle a, a real gun? They're all real. Yeah. Are there times when there are real bullets in no. there? No, never. There yeah. should there, see, that's the thing, Gam. That should never happen. Helena's tragic death shed light on a shocking statistic. Accidental killing happens over 30,000 times a year. Whoa. That's crazy. That's a lot. So meet John Arthur Green and Jennifer Eichenhorst, who know all too well what Alec Baldwin must be feeling like. Jennifer, a high school math teacher and mama of four, had just picked up her daughter from volleyball when tragedy struck. I need help. I'm hit a man on another motorcycle. You hit a man on a motorcycle? Okay. I know, honey, it's okay. What's it's okay. Man? Just pray. John, a musician who competed on American Idol, will be forever haunted by a fatal mistake that took the life of someone he loved the most in the world. John, let's start with you. So um, we grew up in North Carolina and, you know, country family and yeah. uh, worked the farm. And both of my parents are Southern Baptist ministers. And when I was eight years old, it was my parents' wedding anniversary. And they had left my brother and I home on that night. Um, we were playing cops and robbers, you know, as kids do. Yeah. And, um, and we always handled the guns. I mean, the guns were always safe and never loaded. And we always uh, were taught how to clean them and taught how to shoot and also right. taught, taught how to put them, put them away. Right. I picked up the gun and called him in the room and when I pulled the trigger, it went off. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like that moment with the smoke clearing and seeing my brother's uh, body on the ground, I can still taste gunpowder. He's bleeding. I held him for his last couple of breaths. He was 13, five years older than me and he wow. was my best friend. We did everything together. When the cops got there, I remember being petrified, yeah. right? Being like, I can't, please don't tell my parents. Please right. don't tell my parents. Yeah. And that, because I thought, I was like, they'll kill me. Mm -hmm. My dad. Well, he blamed um, himself probably of too. Course. I was going to say, yeah. because the gun was loaded. They yeah. came for him too. I mean, they tried to charge me. Yeah. Um, oh, and, course, and I remember yeah. my mom standing up and saying, gentlemen, this conversation is over. Yeah. Right. We are the adults. If there. you want anybody to be charged, you charge us. Yeah. Goodbye. That's that hardcore stuff. Yeah. yeah. The day I went back to school, which was like Ooh, maybe a couple whoa. of weeks after it happened, right? The girl who I had like the biggest crush on, oof. Aww. She called me a murderer. Yeah. yeah. And for a long time, that's, oof. Yeah. That's what you thought about yourself. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. That's, that's the narrative that kept playing over and over and over again. Every time I looked in the mirror, I hated what I saw. Yeah. And this is the conversation with Alec, right? So Lately. the media. Yeah. He, he killed someone. It was an accident, yes, but people are going to say, you murdered him, you yeah, did this, yeah. you did that, because they have to label something. Yeah. John, did you ever feel like you had to keep your story a secret? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I lied about my story for a long time because I didn't want anybody mm. else to call me a murderer. And uh, I mean, I made up I made up stories that somebody came in and, and shot my brother. Right. Right. We should have, all of us, been in therapy immediately. Right. And, um, and we weren't. Yeah. And that was something we thought that we could kind handle. of handle it right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, everything became a coping mechanism. You know, drugs became that for me. Sex became a coping yep. mechanism. Alcohol and any type of substance, the fact of the matter is I should be dead. Right. Got it. Got Quite it. a few times over. Totally. Got and, um, it. I used my industry. I was TV, film, and the entertainment right. industry. I was playing all these really dark roles mm. because at that point it was like, I just wanted to take my insides and throw them out. Right. Um, yeah. I didn't want to feel it. Yeah. It was so painful. And I was like, I know I'm going to die because I'm doing so many drugs at this point. You know, it's, it's inevitable. What was your rock bottom? When I was 16, I found out that my dad uh, was cheating on my mom and had Parkinson's in the same night mm. uh, at the same time. Whoa. And so at 16, I had all of this anger and, 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 and brokenness. My brother's dead and, and, and I have shame from that and I'm unworthy of that. But now my father has left me. Yeah. Mm. He died December 2019. We never got to sit down and be like, yo. Unpack it, like this is what happened. Father to son, yeah. and like man to man, yeah. right? We never had that, that real moment. I had to officiate his funeral. Right. And that was my rock bottom. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. When I sat up there and I go, I have nothing, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Me and this man had such a hard relationship. We, it can't be mended right now. I didn't know if, if he really could forget, forgave me or not, mm. you know? I wasn't able to have a conversation with him. Yeah. I felt like I had killed my dad's son. That's what I thought. That's what I felt. I was so tunnel vision in my pain, and he was still in, in his pain and in his hurt of, you know, feeling responsible, losing his son. Right. And in that moment, I go, no, this is... This is the man that I'm going to be, and I'm not going to succumb to all this stuff. I'm not going to fall backwards. Ooh. When he died, I knew that that was my time to step up. Wow, got it. I started messaging people that I really trusted in, in the medical field, and I said, I need your best PTSD therapist that you have ever encountered. Right. It was a, a, a long process. Extensive therapy came in with that and, and, uh, and, and you know, support groups and um, a bunch of things. Were you able to have that kind of deep dive with your mom? Oh, that's my girl. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's- I love that. That's it. Yeah. That's the power yeah. in my story is the fact that- I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. You're still here. Amen. Like, I, like and yeah. I'm here and I'm breathing and, yeah. I'm, and I'm coming into a place where I'm stepping into feeling like that unworthiness is like not gonna hold its grip on me what anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But I mean, for a long time, I, I didn't feel worthy of love, feel yeah. worthy of giving yeah. love, feel okay. worthy of yeah. breath, yeah. Yeah. you know? From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from the Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Jennifer, I know that you had picked up your daughter from a volleyball game. And then what happened after that? So my daughter had a volleyball game and a friend of mine was going to bring her to me. But plans changed that night, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes before Mm -hmm. this accident happened. I mean, we just pivoted to me going to get her and... We were carefree, you know, wanted to know about her volleyball game. She finally got her serve over the net, and I pulled out of my friend's driveway. It was dark, country road. Yeah. And I came to the stop sign, and I pulled out into an intersection. And what I didn't know was that there was a man coming up over the hill, and um, his motorcycle collided with my car. And when I came out of the entrance, I didn't understand what happened. It was so fast, and it was like our car suddenly illuminated with light. And I remember looking over at my little girl, and I braced for impact, thinking, this is it. Then I just felt this bump. I remember just being stunned because there was no crash. There was no broken... It was just a little... Jolt. Yeah. And I looked in my rearview mirror, and then I... Yeah. And I put it together... And I said, mommy's got to go help him. I just grabbed my phone and ran to this man and dialed 911. And I was screaming, help me. I just held his hand. Even when the ambulance, I just didn't want to let go of his hand. And I prayed over him and I did everything that I could. And um, he passed away two days later. And uh, I'll never understand. Everything had to align just so because what we found out later through the investigation was that there's a divot in that hill. Mm. And their hypothesis is when I looked left, he was, he was in that divot. divot. He was in the divot. It's and like being in a blind spot. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I'll always regret not treating that intersection like it was a busy road. What was part of your process of being able to heal from this? The first Three, six months, I didn't know how I was going to still live. Like, it was so heavy. I thought, well, surely my heart will give out. I'll just die early. And I remember there was a moment where I had just stayed in bed all day for weeks. I was like, well, maybe if I just stay away, when I do go and leave this earth, it will be easier on my children. But like coping, I think, originally, just my family surrounded me. 
And even then, my faith, I mean, I love the Lord, but oh, I was boy. so like, Lord, you abandoned me. Yeah. You mm -hmm. abandoned me. Mm. It, this is not my purpose. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. You did not bring me on this earth to hurt this family. Yeah. Right. Because he had children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. He was a father. Right. He was a veteran. I think um, my biggest shame was that I had judged people who were in scenarios like this. Here I am asking for mercy, asking for grace, Ooh. and I didn't feel worthy. Yeah. Wow. And even as a mom, I didn't feel worthy to have my children. It felt like total devastation. Yeah. I was totally prepared to walk up my house and be stoned. Did you lose a lot of family or friends over this incident? People got weird. <laughs> yeah. Sure. My inner circle got smaller. I think there it's were tough. people who were like, Mm, I don't know how to give you compassion because if I give you compassion, I am not compassionate towards a family. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. They don't know how to share. Right, because yeah. I'm the perpetrator. Yeah. My whole identity was gone because yeah. I'm a school teacher, a wife, a mom, and then all of a sudden I was like, I could go to prison for this. Every aspect Every of life. Every aspect of your life yes, change was affected. Right. And my happy place was teaching yeah. because these kids totally didn't know. Yeah. They didn't know that I was a killer. They just knew me as the math teacher. Yes. Can I ask you, Jennifer, if you had any interaction with the family? Mm. It's really unfortunate, but you're advised immediately. We are told by law enforcement, lawyers, you do not Contact say anything. Them. And I did it anyway. Yeah. I had my own memorial because I knew I couldn't go to his memorial. Yeah. and. I just wrote a card and a letter, and I gave it to victim services, and I asked them to please give it to the family. And I was facing possible charges because yeah. he had the right of way. Yes. So here I am also facing the shame, destroying my family to where mm. you don't feel worthy. But if I were to pursue them, I feel like it would be selfish. Yeah. That is their healing. Yes. And, and I want to so protect good. them. Yeah. And I would never want them to say, oh, I forgive you right. yeah. um, to make me feel better. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's wrong. Mm. And at first, that's what you want. Like, oh, I just want to tell them sorry. But I couldn't say sorry enough. Right. Right. We've done the worst of the worst to a family the unforgivable. Mm -hmm. And if I can say, you know what, I accept who I am, I'm still guilty, mm -hmm. but I've let go of the shame. God. Wow. I've let go of the shame, yeah. and part of that is by sharing my story. Yes. And when you get See, free, you yeah. when you get free, free yeah. you share That's it. Right. You share it. That's yeah. real talk. I'm just so inspired by just the fact that both of you are reaching for, for that faith and reaching for the light, because even with my little things that be happening to me and I be getting all depressed and stuff, right. it's and like... Right, and you can go into, you can take yourself into a really dark space 100%. and to have come through something like, like this, this. It takes work. Yeah. And not every day is going to be easy, easy, but you choose it. Right. Yep. There you go. So this LA Times headline grabbed my attention. The anguish of unintentional killing and how Alec Baldwin can learn to cope with it. It was written by psychologist Marianne Gray, who revealed, I know this because I too am an accidental killer. Marianne is the founder of Accidental Impacts, a support group for those who have unintentionally harmed someone. Jennifer says the community Marianne created has been a lifeline. Jennifer, I know you have never met her in person. Never met her in person. Hi, Marianne. Hello. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Jen, Jen, oh my goodness. What a pleasure. 
<laughs> I know, I know. So, Marianne, can you tell us your story? I was a graduate student living in Ohio, and I was driving home one beautiful spring afternoon along a rural highway when an eight-year-old boy whose family lived alongside that highway darted into the road, mm. and I hit him, and he died before he reached the hospital. Mm. Wow, got it. His name was Brian. Mm. And needless to say, his family was devastated, and I also was devastated. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. My mood kind of went back and forth from tremendous grief right. to absolute terror of what would happen to me, mm -hmm. as well as the guilt set in almost right away. Yeah. yeah. I just felt that I did not deserve right. sympathy. I did not deserve compassion or support. So I almost immediately began to withdraw. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was all my thoughts, which some of which were pretty crazy about myself and my feelings, it all went underground. And on the outside, I tried to act like your basic, normal 22-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Everything oh, is you know, fine. You're going to go sad, on with your life. It was sad, but I'm getting over it. Mm -hmm. I'm doing okay. I'm a stronger person. But inside... I was just a mess. Yeah. 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 I couldn't drive. I would be so frightened. I thought I would see people in the roadway and I'd yeah. slam on my brakes, which is really dangerous. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so I sold my car. But I didn't say I'm selling my car because I'm afraid. I said, oh, I'm selling my car because it's not good for the environment and I should just <laughs> yep. take the bus. Wow. No. Right. And wow. that continued for. Wow. Years, that divide between the inner me, which was self-punishing, mm -hmm. self-hating, mm -hmm. frightened, mm -hmm. and the outer me, where I looked like, oh, you know, I finished my PhD, I got a great job, Incredible. I married a good guy, you right. know, my life looked like it was working pretty well. But it wasn't. And the cost of that is a tremendous loneliness. loneliness. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can't live an authentic life no. if you're hiding. And so as I began my own process of finally dealing with it and speaking out and healing and recovering, I thought, I don't want anybody to be as alone yeah. as I felt. So yeah. And that's a big part of why I started Accidental Impacts. I wanted to make amends, and I wanted to make the world a better place. Right. So, yeah. so, yeah. Marianne, you did mention that there was a level of self-punishment and self-hatred. What did that look like? I did not have children. That was a big way I punished myself. I felt, first of all, that I had taken a child from his mother, that I had caused them oceans of grief. Yeah and that I could not give myself that, that joy, that I had to deny myself the joy of my own children. More generally, I did not want to allow myself happiness. And every time wow. I started feeling yeah. that unbridled joy, I would stop myself and I would say, you killed a child, Marianne. You killed a child. You do not deserve to feel like this. I think that's a very common thing with, with trauma and yeah, PTSD. And yeah. anything that felt good is 
No, I'm right. not. I'm not, not, allowed. Worthy. not allowed. Not worthy, worthy. of it. Not yeah. allowed. That's the voice. The yeah. voice is not worthy. Mm. I had so many negative voices. Mm. It was like a jumble. I kept saying, you're a killer. And I would ask myself, like, Lord, am I a killer? I didn't understand how to put the language to it. So I started just writing each thought that kept reoccurring, those intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. I'd write them down, and I'd bring this notebook to my therapist. And we'd go line by line, thought by thought. And one day I was like, what did I believe before? Because mm. like for 36 years, I believed A, B, and C. Right. And I would take those thoughts one by one. I would have to look back and be like, is this rational? Wow. Yeah. Does this, does this line up to my belief system, exactly. my faith? Or is this something that is a mental health issue and I need to let it go? Ooh. It's a lie. Yeah. yeah. How does it feel to be able to interact with other people who've gone through a similar experience? Because I would imagine that it has Amazing. to be a relief, yes. Lifeline. When, yeah. I, when I found Marianne's site, I had been praying for the Lord to show me someone like myself that yeah. I wasn't alone. Because wow. yeah. you feel like you're going crazy. Right. Yeah. I mean, every time I try to share my story, it would be like, well, did you know him? And I would just be like, no. But I was weeping and grieving as if it was so yeah. deep and no one could understand it. Mm. So then I thought I was something wrong with me. Sure. Right. I did want to make a point. The victim is the person who died and the people yeah. grieving for that person. Yeah, absolutely. We're suffering yeah. and we're anguished right. and we're despairing and we're in need of support. But I don't consider us victims. The person whose life was taken, it is about them yeah. primarily. Yeah. And I believe our hearts are big enough that we could have compassion for everybody for involved. Please. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about also, we had a close associate at one point whose stepson accidentally grabbed a gun and he shot his brother as well. Mm. Oh. When I think about so many people from our community who run into these mm. incidents, yeah. you know, for black people, we have to feel the comfort That's right. to even come out. And I think a lot of times, I we would just don't. imagine just don't. that there's right. been accidental killings where people have not been able to talk about it, have not been right. able to admit it of because of the fear yeah. of the repercussions oh my gosh, yeah. and because of the fear that they will lack the support yeah. and the willingness to be open to the understanding that it was an accident. We know there's a lot of research out there that yeah. indicates that when emotionally upsetting events occur and when the person involved is perceived as other, yes. we're even more, more likely as observers and onlookers to assign more blame yeah. Yeah. and add to that the bias that exists in our society. I would be willing to bet that people of color are far more likely in these circumstances oh. to be arrested yeah. and then to oh, serve yeah. time, time in jail or oh, prison. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, exactly, yeah. and so we're very eager to increase diversity within our community and we're making some steps to do that. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. So, Marianne, you wrote an article about how Alec could heal. What do you think that journey looks like? Mm. Okay, I love the word journey. First of all, it it is a journey. And I think there are three main challenges. The first challenge is managing trauma. Mm -hmm. Most people that I've encountered who have unintentionally harmed another person are traumatized themselves. When you're traumatized, it's all-encompassing. It's not just your emotions. You can't think clearly. Your body is affected. Your sleep is affected. So I truly believe that nothing much can happen until the trauma is managed. And there's super good treatments out there right Right. now for trauma. So I really encourage people to seek therapy. Getting the trauma under control allows us to think. And then we can say, what was I responsible for? What is my fault? What wasn't my fault? What does this mean for my life? Mm -hmm. And you could start to kind of journey down that road to some kind of healing or what I like to say is peace with yourself Mm. and your world. But until the trauma is managed, that's very difficult. The second challenge is what I refer to as moral injury. It's a toxic stew of feelings Mm. when we let ourselves down, when we fail to live up to our own moral standards and expectations. So what happens with moral injury? Well, we can be self-destructive. We can even be suicidal or we can abuse substances. And we deny ourselves happiness. But I believe that guilt, when we harm someone, is appropriate. What would we think about right. someone who Humanity. unintentionally ran sure. over a child and didn't feel guilty? Exactly. Right. So, wow. so I don't say we have to get rid of our guilt. I talk about channeling our guilt, and we do that, I believe, through the third step, which is honoring our victim. Yes. Wow. And there's so many ways to do that. Some people invest in religion and spirituality. Many people choose service. Some people invest in creative expression. I think Mm -hmm. you've done that, John. And many people 
just make a very mindful and conscious decision to live with greater compassion mm -hmm. and kindness. Right. Not that we're not compassionate and kind already, but right. can we? We could we always be more. more. We can always we can be more. There's always more to be done. If I could speak to the Baldwin family, I would say I really hope he's got the support of people watching him because this takes time. Yeah. It takes time. I had people right. watching That's why you me. That's people watching. And you had people there sitting in the fire, sitting oh, in the pit, God. because there's so no yeah. easy pill. Yeah. And I would tell the Baldwin family, sit in the pit. If he wants to scream, you just sit there. If he needs to weep, I wept every day for a year, and mm. my family caught those Cleansing. tears. Mm. Yeah. They did. Oof. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your stories, having the courage to share your stories with yeah. us, and the willingness. And I really feel like it's going to help a lot of folks. Thank this you. Can I just wonderful. say, as I participate in this conversation, which has been so rich, that I want to again recognize the child that died and that I try to be a better person in his honor. And I believe that all of you, the five of you, have helped me do that today. Mm. So thank you. You want to say his thank name? You. Brian. Would you like to say? David. Thomas. Mm. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Mark O'Brien made a fatal decision that killed his girlfriend, Laura. Mark was sentenced to three months in prison, but says the reality of what he's done haunts him every single day. Mark, I have to start off with, I'm very sorry, and that is a brutal experience. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that, Jada. Yeah, can you tell us your story? So my girlfriend, Laura, planned a birthday party for me. I had just turned 25 the day before. Got it. And we were living together outside of Annapolis in Maryland. Oh, okay. Uh, where, okay. And I know yeah, uh, you're from yeah. there, yeah. And we went out drinking with friends all night um, at the bar. Got it. And at the end of the night, I made the awful decision to try to drive us home. Oh, got it. And I flipped my car on I-97 outside of Annapolis, just a yep. few miles from home. Mm -hmm. And Laura died in the accident that I caused. Wow. Um, I woke up a few hours later in the shock trauma center at the University of Maryland and had no idea what had happened. Right. And I kept asking people in the hospital, was anyone else hurt? What happened? Nobody would tell me. Mm -hmm. And then finally a chaplain from the hospital pulled back the curtain around my bed and I knew that the chaplain was there to tell me something pretty awful. And she said, Mark, somebody else was in the car with you. And I said, was it Laura? And she nodded. And I said, is she okay? Um, and she said, Mark, she didn't make it. And it was like my entire world just collapsed. In one moment, I was just full of despair and horror at what had happened. And the next moment I felt nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And it was like I was watching this happen to this man that I knew was me, right. but it wasn't my story. Yeah. And that was the worst day of my life. And then the state troopers showed up and said they needed to take my blood as part of their homicide investigation. Ooh. And I was like, 
oh, I didn't even think about this part of it. Yeah. My dad came and I went to his house and I took a shower and I was just pulling like the glass cubes out of my head. I got out of the shower and I went to call David, Lara's father. And I just assumed that they would hate me and they'd probably forbid me to come to her funeral, mm -hmm. that they would never want to have anything to do with me. And, and frankly, I would have been t in total agreement with that sentiment. Right. But he picked up the phone and I started to apologize. And he said, Mark, thank God you're all right. The state troopers came to our house and told us about Laura, but they wouldn't tell us what happened to you. We thought we'd lost you both. They were living in Florida at the time. Mm. They came up a few days later and I was so scared to see them. But when they opened the door to their home, they just wrapped me in their love wow. and affection. And I get that. You're not a stranger to them. And they had a sense that this was an accident. Yeah. I understand how they wrapped you in that love. It would take me a minute. Yeah. yeah. It would take me a minute. I was just sitting here, you know, thinking about Willow, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not saying I wouldn't have hurt in my heart and compassion in my heart. Yeah but I would be in a deep existential crisis. crisis. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We all know we shouldn't drink and drive. Right. You know, it's like, exactly. it's, it's a different level of responsibility when you've yeah. made a choice that created the risk yeah. versus the fact that we all live in a world that has risk in it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's, that's, yeah. yeah. I see that you're married now. Is that I it? I am. That how, is true, yeah. Yeah, how was that journey for you? Well, after the crash, I drank the pain away every day. Yeah. yeah. And I was at my friend Chris's, a group of our friends walked in with um, a woman I'd never met before, Maria. Right. And we strike up a conversation and I'm kind of like, hi, I'm Mark, it's nice to meet you. My girlfriend, Lara, just died. Yeah. But Maria's father had just died from cancer. Mm, got it. And I was surrounded by all these people who wanted to take care of me, who on the one hand, I just felt didn't understand the grief. Yeah. And meeting this person who I felt like could understand the loss part yeah. of it was really powerful. And we started spending more time together. And a few years later, we got married. Um, and we now have three children. Wow. An incredible life. And I can hold that in the same place that I can hold that I still really miss and love Laura. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Maria can too. Which That's is beautiful. amazing. That's really beautiful. That's important. That's yeah. so important. Yeah, she's a I'm really going, good one. I'm going back to that question. I'm thinking about if that happened with you and Will, and Will was driving. Yeah. You know, and he was drunk, and mm -hmm. you got killed in a car accident, or Willow with, with Tyler. Tyler. With Tyler, with Tyler, with Tyler. Tyler. Like, was Tyler driving. has been a, a part of our lives for... Yeah. I mean, he's part of the family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is tough. That's a tough one. We have Laura's father here, um, David. Oh, my who goodness. Who we can talk to about Ooh. this experience. Laura's father, David, was crushed by the death of his daughter, and he is with us today. Thank you, you for coming. Thanks for asking me to be yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. this is you great. Right? Wow, this is... Um, Powerful. Yeah. Nice. Tell yeah. us how you got through this. <laughs> Laura. Every move I made was what would Laura want me to do. Mm. So yeah. 
that's the answer. That's the answer. He did what he thought Laura would want, want him to do. do. Yeah. I knew she wanted me to do it this mm -hmm. way. I could tell how yeah. those two were and how they were together. There was a very strong and deep love between yeah. the two of them. It was so obvious. You could see it. You could feel it. How um, elastic your heart has to be mm -hmm. in that yeah. moment, you know, and it's so selfless. So how was it when you two first saw each other? We hugged each other. You know, we still hug each other every time we see each other. Yeah. So, you know, met at the airport last night. We didn't meet with a handshake. We met with a hug. Uh, so, yeah. you know, we had already lost Laura, and we didn't need to lose Mark. Yeah. So, and um, he made a mistake that you know we you know we all have to live with. But Mark is a good man. He was doing good things, and he's continued to do good things. So I'm glad we still have him. Wow. It felt like because you guys were so forgiving from the first moment, sometimes I just wanted to be like, just hate me. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, because you guys just removed that from the, mm -hmm. from the conversation that there was more commonality in, in this mm -hmm. shared loss. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, there was. That's unconditional love, I just have to say it. I, I, I try to make Laura proud. You know, yeah. I don't know, you know, everybody's religious aspects here, but, you know, if there's a heaven or not, I don't want to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. If there's really one there, I don't want to be wrong. So my job is to get there and be with her. Yeah. So for eternity. That's the way I try to, that's what I try to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm not always really good at that. But I try. Yeah. So. And it's and it's what we say about forgiveness all the time, that forgiveness is for you. Yeah. yeah. As much as it is for the other person. David, can you tell us a little bit about Laura before we go? Just <laughs> we a little bit. How much bit. time we have? I know. <laughs> she really was one of those people when she walked in her room, you knew she was something. Yeah. She just lit it up. She just Absolutely beautiful. You know, in my eyes, she was absolutely beautiful. Oh, yes. so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like, you talk about like a spark of life. She had like a bonfire yeah. of life. Wow. Well, I want to thank you both for coming oh, and sharing you. the story and yeah, thanks telling for us having about me. Laura. Yeah, and, thank you. Um, I'm actually one of his, his daughter, Charlotte. I'm her godfather. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So you're so just you guys are really so keeping the, yeah. the connection. Yeah. That's I beautiful. Love that. That's wow. beautiful. So it was quite an honor to be asked and yeah. to do that. So, And I appreciate you having us here. Well, thank you guys for thank coming. Guys. Sure I, just will help a I just need to give you guys a round of applause. Thank you. I just thank need to you. give you a This was an awesome show. This was so hard for me to come out here, and you made it so easy. Just you know, it's like sitting down and talking, and you made it so easy for me. So I appreciate that. Thank you, David. You are amazing. You are so sharp. <laughs> just, you're, I was watching you in the first series, and it was just, so you're so, I, well, I see where you get it. But I yeah, mean, I mean, you're so when impressive. When you watch these ladies uh, yeah. Yeah, forever, you, 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 you have to, they rub off on you. Uh, you kind of interject and it's like perfect and Thank at the right you. time, so you do a great you. job. Well, at Thank least you, you think so. A lot of people be thinking I'll be saying crazy stuff. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk Podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.